Chapter 13 The Witch of Demon Rock It was almost noon by the time the coach pulled up in front of the barn. The driver seemed a little bothered that he had been ordered to drive a bunch of peasants wherever they wanted to go, but had nodded curtly as Alfie had asked him to take them up to the islands near Bamberg Castle. Where have you been? exploded Robin as Alfie and Madeline burst into the barn. We need to leave now. The farmer will be back any minute. He stopped and stared in amazement as Madeline threw back her cloak. Ooh, nice threads, said Amy, looking Madeline up and down as she posed proudly in Edgar's finery. Don't tell me you've been off getting a makeover all this time. Alfie suddenly realized they had left Madeline's medieval clothing in Edgar's tent. He had a feeling that Madeline didn't exactly forget to change back into her dress before they left. He hoped Edgar wouldn't mind that she hadn't given his clothes back and wondered what he would think of her jeans. Maddie, your hair, said Robin as she removed her cloak. What did you do? Mama's gonna kill you. We'll explain on the way, said Alfie, trying to delay revealing that he was the one who had cut Madeline's hair. Come on, help me with Bren. They each took a limb and hauled Bryn outside. Robin and Amy almost dropped him as they saw the coach standing there. Whoa, how did you afford this? asked Robin as they pulled Bryn through the coach door. Is it from Munnin and Bone? Nope, said Alfie. This is courtesy of a new friend, and, also, and it's all thanks to Madeline. The coach rumbled on its way and Alfie filled everyone in on Madeline's triumph in the tournament as they shared the chicken bread and apples he had bought at the castle. Madeline chimed in to add fanciful details describing how she had split an arrow from a hundred meters. Alfie could see that Robin longed to say that was impossible, but even he was holding his tongue after Madeline had saved the day for them all. You should have seen her. She was amazing, said Alfie. Madeline blushed with pride at the praise. Well done, Maddie, said Robin. We'll be there by tonight, all thanks to you. His eyes flicked to her hair, but Mom is still gonna kill you. Totally worth it, grinned Madeline as Amy ruffled her cropped hair. They began to doze off one by one as the coach rumbled on. Alfie watched the unconscious Bryn, who had been propped up in the seat opposite him. Madeline checked his pulse and breathing now and then, but nothing had changed. Alfie hoped that Orrin and Ashford weren't getting any worse either. He wished one of them had stayed behind at the castle to make sure they were okay, but knew that they wouldn't have stood a chance if the wraith had gone back there. The wraith hunted the darkness behind Alfie's eyelids as he closed his eyes. It must have sensed the magic inside him when the rangers had taken his talisman. He instinctively reached up to check it was still hanging around his neck, but it didn't make him feel any safer. It was on their trail, and despite the protective talisman, Alfie worried that now it had their scent, it would keep coming. He had weakened it temporarily, but he knew that it would be after them once again after darkness fell. He wasn't sure he'd be able to hold it off when it came for them again, if he even saw it coming. They had to get to the witch before nightfall, before the wraith began hunting again. The rocking motion of the coach lulled Alfie, 
into uneasy dreams in which he was flying on Artan, only for the skies to darken and black clouds to stretch out long, grasping fingers that tried to snatch him out of the sky. He jerked awake as the coach bounced on an uneven track. Robin was sitting next to him, reading from one of Orne's books. Alfie watched his cousin's lip moving as he sounded out the strange, runic writing. I don't know how you can read that, said Alfie, rubbing his eyes. It makes no sense at all to me. It makes more sense since Orne ran through the basics with us, said Robin, marking his place with his finger. And it's a lot easier if you use this key he created. He handed Alfie a sheet of parchment on which Orne had translated all of the symbols he had used. Oh, there's a key, said Alfie, taking the parchment and pretending to study it. He didn't like to admit that he had already seen it and still hadn't managed to translate more than a few words. How could Orne expect him to learn to control the magic inside him as well as learn the, medi- the, me- the medical applications of herbs and the spells and knowledge in the books that filled his study? Alfie sighed as he handed the parchment back to Robin. Orne might as well have asked Madeline or Robin to train with him. He was just a container, a hiding place for magic Orne wanted to get rid of. He leaned his face against the plush wall of the coach and stared out of the window. The forest on the left had given way to open countryside, and on the right he could see the sea beyond the fields. The sky was darker than it should be for the time of year, and tiny raindrops had begun to spatter the windows. Not long to go now, said Madeline from opposite him. We passed Alnwick well over an hour ago. It was weird seeing the castle there. Mom and Dad took us there years ago, and it looks just the same now, 600 years in the past. I know it sounds daft, but it made me really homesick to see it. I know how you feel, said Alfie, thinking longingly of his own castle and wondering what his dad was doing as time passed in the future. Probably pottering around in his workshop, chasing Galileo out every now and then, Alfie wondered how much that future would change if they failed to cure Orin. Hey, sleepyhead, said Alfie, as Amy sat up from where she had slumped against Brynn and stretched. Any more premonitions? Only if I'm going to be riding a winged snow leopard to school sometime soon, said Amy, scratching her armpit. Man, I hope that was a premonition. The raindrops splattering the window grew larger as a coach rolled on. Looking out to sea, Alfie could see white tips to the waves. No one said anything, but he knew that they were all thinking the same thing. What if the weather was too bad? What if no one would take them out to the island? The coach finally rolled to a stop by a small harbor in which several fishing boats were moored. Seabirds wheeled, screeching overhead. Out among the cresting waves, Avi could see several craggy islands. One of them had to be Demon Rock. The harbor was empty apart from one man sitting in a boat mending nets. He looked up, eyes narrowed suspiciously as Alfie jumped down from the coach and hurried over the pebbled beach towards him. I hope you're not collecting taxes, he growled as Alfie reached the boat. I'm not after money, sir. 
said Alfie. I was, cause I've had enough of you lot, sitting around about your big houses and castles, taking hard-earned money from us while we can't well afford it. I promise I'm not here after taxes, said Alfie, avoiding mention of living in castles. That coach isn't mine. We're here because we need your help. <laughs> the fisherman looked Alfie up and down. Well, I guess you're not dressed like one of that lot, unless you've fallen on really hard times without honest folks' money to keep you in silks and pointy shoes. So what brings you to ask for help with the likes of me in a night like this? We need to get to Demon Rock. Can you take us? Asked Alfie. We'll pay you. The fisherman looked up at the thick black clouds as a distant rumble of thunder echoed across the bay. Hmm, uh, perhaps tomorrow afternoon if the skies are clear by then. Come and see me in the morning. I'll let you know then. Tomorrow's no good, said Alfie. We need to go now. Now? The fisherman laughed as he tucked away the nets and jumped down from the boat. You want me to sail you four miles out. When there's a storm on its way, I might be old, but I'm not mad. Nope. Come and see me in the morning. Please, pleaded Alfie. We traveled all the way from Hexbridge, and we must get to the island tonight. We can pay you. He handed over the pouch of silver coins. Here, it's all we've got, but it's yours if you take us now. The fisherman's eyes bulged as he sifted through the contents of the pouch. He sat down hard on the jetty, as if he didn't trust his legs to support him. Hmm, that's a lot of money, he said, holding tightly onto the pouch as he stared up at the dark clouds. A lot of money. Alfie stood quietly, twisting the hem of his tunic as he watched the fisherman weighing up the value of the fare against the coming storm. Well, I can't say I've ever been known for my brains, he said at last. I'll take you soon, but first, I better tell my family. I'll be late home. Thank you, said Alfie. Thank you so much. Not sure you'll be thanking me if you find yourself at the bottom of the sea, said the fisherman. I'll take no more than two of you. That's the most I have on my conscience. The others can wait in one of them caves in the cliff. The tide never comes up that far. Alfie hurried back to the coach to tell the others. Are you sure about going tonight? asked Robin as rain pattered down softly around them. The weather is going to get a lot worse before long. I know, said Alfie. But what if it's bad for days? We can't wait. We've got to find the witch and get back to the castle. He looked from his cousins to Amy. One by one, they nodded in agreement. Right then, we'd better get Brent to one of those caves. We really appreciate you bringing us all this way, Alfie thanked the driver as they lifted Brent down from the coach. Would you mind? But the driver shook his reins and the coach rumbled away before Alfie could ask if he would wait for them. Oh, I suppose we weren't specific about getting a lift back too, groaned Alfie, as they hoisted Bryn up the beach and into a dry little cave littered with driftwood. I'll stay with Bryn, said Robin. Madeline, you should stay too in case he gets any worse. Well, not sure there's anything I'd be able to do, said Madeline. I'll stay, but what if the wraith comes for us? It'll be dark in a couple of hours. It's after me. Only me, said Alfie. And if you light a fire at the mouth of the cave, it should leave you alone. 
I've been practicing one of Orange's spells, said Robin. I think it will help all of us. Quick, before the fisherman gets back, show me his boat. Madeline and Amy laid a circle of stones at the entrance of the cave and began to fill it with driftwood as Alfie and took Robin down to the boat. Robin placed his hands in the wood and closed his eyes. His brow furrowed in concentration as he began to recite something under his breath. It might have been a trick of the light, but Alfie could swear that for a brief second he saw a golden web encase the whole boat as Robin staggered back from it, breathing hard. Protection spell, he panted as Alfie grabbed his arm to support him. Took a bit more effort than I thought, but it should keep you safe from the worst of the wind and the waves. I can cast the same spell across the mouth of the cave, though I doubt the wraith will be able to travel so well in this wind. Madeline and Amy already had a fire blazing by the cave when they returned. Are you sure about coming with me? Alfie asked Amy as she got up and brushed the sand from her tunic. I saved you from drowning in the lake last night, last term, didn't I? She said. You'll be safer with me on board. And are you both going to be all right here? He asked Madeline and Robin as they made themselves comfortable next to Bryn. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine, said Robin. Just come back safely, okay? Said Madeline, getting up to give Alfie and Amy a hug. Now, go on before he leaves without you. Alfie could hear Robin begin to cast the lilting chant of protection over the cave entrance as he hurried down to the shore with Amy. The fisherman had untied the boat and was pushing it down to the sea. A young man was helping him. From their similar craggy features, Alfie guessed it was the man's son. Here, uh, give me a hand, he shouted over the whistling wind. Alfie put his shoulder to the boat alongside Amy, and they heaved it into the water. The fisherman and his son leapt on board and reached down to hoist Alfie and Amy up to the boat as it bobbed about in the choppy water. Oh, I wish we'd brought our wellies, groaned Amy as water squelched out of their soft leather boots. Put these on, grunted the fisherman, throwing them a stiff, heavy cape each. Oil skins! Alfie pulled his head, pulled his over his head, too grateful for the waterproof garment, to object to its rancid smell. The storm was starting to build as they sailed out of the tiny harbor and into the open sea. The fisherman was steering the boat with a wooden tiller at the back. His son was looking after the taunt cell, which was driving them swiftly through the water in the high winds. The waves grew larger the further they traveled out from the harbor. Each time the boat bounced over a particularly large one, Alfie and Amy were thrown into the air to come crashing back down onto the hard wooden bench. Alfie's teeth clattered together painfully each time. However, as much as the waves and the wind played with the tiny boat, it stayed on course and kept on pushing forward. Alfie was sure he saw a wave that should have splashed over into the boat glance off as though it had hit an invisible barrier. Robin's protection spell was working. Nice one, Robin, Alfie whispered as the boat forged a path through the waves. It was getting quite dark now, but Alfie could see a large island looming on their left. A few lights twinkled from it. Is that it? He called over the roar of the sea. No, no, that's where the monks live, shouted the fisherman. 
Demon Rock is a rocky island further out. His eye, his son whipped around, his eyes wild. You didn't tell me they were going to Demon Rock, he yelled as the wind blew his oilskin out around him. You know I won't go near that place. Now, lad, don't start with that talk again. If a woman chooses to live wild with the birds and seals it, don't mean she's a witch, just a bit odd in the head. But John Thatcher said... John Thatcher don't have a brain in that skull of his. Don't let him take yours, too. Now, not a word more. These folks here paid well for passage to Demon Rock, and that's where we're taking them. Alfie could sense the tension between father and son as the boat sped on. A flash of lightning illuminated the sky for a second, and they all leapt at a roar of thunder, like a crack of a dozen cannons. Alfie held tightly onto the side of the boat with one hand and was grateful when Amy linked his other arm with hers. Her dark hair was plastered across her face with salt water, and her skin was a pale bluish, bluish green. Seasick yet? She asked as the boat smacked down on the other side of a large wave. Alfie gave a half smile, not daring to open his mouth to answer as his stomach churned like the sea. He tried closing his eyes briefly, but not knowing whether a wave was coming, crashing down over them was even worse. Land a hole, starboard side, shouted the fisherman. A flash of lightning illuminated a jagged mass of rocks on the right as the thunder rolled around them. Large pillars towered out of the waves like giant chimney stacks. There's an area where we can land a little round round there, yeah. He yelled over the dying roar. Be ready to jump out. We can't stay too close for long or we'll be dashed to pieces on those rocks. Alfie stared at the island. It was little more than a large outcrop of rocky columns clustered together to form an island on which huddled more seabirds than Alfie had ever seen in his life. Puffins, gales, gannets, and many more he couldn't name all huddled in among the rocks watching the boats skirting around their island. They finally pulled into a tiny inlet where the waves weren't as fierce. Hop out here, said the fisherman, pulling alongside a low section of rock. Alfie clambered out of the rocking boat onto the slippery rocks and reached out to help Amy. The fisherman's son stayed at the far end of the boat as if he'd be forever cursed just by touching the island. Just as Amy leapt to join Alfie, there was a blinding flash. A jagged bolt of lightning cut through the air to strike the boat's mast. As it struck, Alfie saw a faint shimmer like a burst of gold dust as the protection Robin had cast over the boat was dispelled. The boat and the fishermen were unharmed, but the second the protection disappeared, they were fully at the mercy of the wind and waves as the boat pitched and rolled, knocking against the rocks. Sorry, lad, but it's too dangerous for us to stay here, called the fisherman over the crashing waves as he began to steer the boat back out to sea. We need to leave. We'll moor her over on the monk's island. You hold up somewhere dry. We'll be back to get you tomorrow. Alfie watched the boat bouncing away on the churning sea. They were alone on Demon Rock, with only the wind and the watchful eyes of the island's avian guards. What now? asked Amy, shivering alongside him. We find the witch, said Alfie. They had to be very careful, for they put their hands as they climbed up the slippery rocks. 
There seemed to be a nest of snapping beaks in every niche. Ow! yelped Amy as a gull snapped at her fingers for a third time. It wouldn't be so bad if we could actually see where we were going. I might be able to help, said Alfie, reaching down deep into the ancient magic inside him and feeling a small scrap of remaining energy from the fire it had fed on the night before. He concentrated it towards his chest, and the talisman lens began to glow like a small torch lighting their way. I'm not sure if that was a good idea after all, said Amy, wrinkling her nose as she examined the gooey white substance coating the rocks they were clambering over. Alfie tried not to think about the slimy bird droppings under his fingers as they hauled themselves the rest of the way up to the island. The wind was fierce, and Alfie had to crouch low, oilskin hood pulled tightly around his face to keep out the rain as they staggered over the rocky island. Watch out for holes, he yelled to Amy, as she slipped in the sandy soil between the rocks and got his foot stuck in a burrow. Puffins, he panted to Amy, as she wrapped her arm around his back for support. He pulled himself free and rubbed his ankle. Robin said they have burrows all over the island. Where to now? asked Amy. They stayed huddled together for warmth as Alfie turned slowly, the narrow beam of light from his talisman highlighting the pillars of rock around the island from which large seabirds shook out their wings threateningly. What's up there? What's that up there? said Amy. Suddenly, Alfie turned the light back to the highest point of the island where a ramshackle building was defying the elements against all odds. I guess that's where she lives, shivered Alfie. Come on, maybe she'll have a fire. The light from the talisman began to fade as they picked their way over the green rocks to a tumbled-down cottage. It had been built from rocks and driftwood stacked carefully together, almost as if the builder had approached its creation like a bird or animal making a nest or burrow. A broken section of a boat's hull formed the roof. The whole structure had been built against a rocky shelf, which gave it some protection from the wind. Hello, called Alfie as he knocked loudly on the wooden walls. Is anyone in there? There was no response. He walked around the side to search for a door and found a smaller overturned boat. It was mostly rotten. He leaned over to look through one of the jagged holes and a large yellow and orange beak shot out and snapped at his nose. Alfie leapt back at the loud squawking of an entire family of puffins and hit his head on something hard. He turned and fell backwards with a yell as a white face loomed out of the darkness. What is it? shouted Amy, dashing to his side as a thousand lit up an eerie figure, half fish, half woman, expressionless eyes staring fixedly at them. Alfie flinched as Amy punched him in the arm. Oh, it's just a figurehead from the front of the ship. You nearly gave me a heart attack, Al. Alfie stared up at the wooden figure as he rubbed his arm. It had been built into the side of the cottage. The witch had an interesting sense of humor. He stooped and shone his talisman through a gap that might have served for a window. He could barely see anything in the talisman's dying light, but could tell there was no one in there. A large cooking pot sat in the center of the room, and in the corner was a mat woven from dried seagrass. 
that might have served as a bed, but didn't look as though anyone had been there in quite a while. Give me a hand with this, said Amy, pulling at an iron-studded door that might once have been the door to a ship's cabin. Alfie grasped the handle and pulled with Amy, but it wouldn't budge an inch. A loud barking suddenly carried over the wind. What was that? said Alfie, whipping around. It came from over there, said Amy, as more and more barks filled the air. She grasped Alfie by the shoulders and turned him so the talisman's light shone down to the sea. Seals, gasped Alfie, as a dozen of them leapt out of the waves and onto the island. Do you think they're dangerous? asked Amy as the baying creatures advanced towards them. Yes, I do, said Alfie, remembering a nature program he had seen in which male seals were fighting, savaging each other with their sharp teeth. As more and more seals heaved themselves out of the water, the light from the talisman finally died, completely leaving them in darkness. Over the wind, Alfie could hear the slapping of the seals' bodies on the rocks as they dragged themselves closer, barking like a pack of dogs. Clutching Amy's arm, Alfie backed away, only to hear more seals approaching from behind them. He staggered over a rock and stopped still. It was too dangerous to run across the craggy, burrow-filled island in the dark. Without the light to guide them, they could break their legs or run straight off a cliff into the thrashing waters. If only there was something he could draw energy from to create more light. Oh, but there is, whispered the magic harbor deep inside him. He could feel it pushing him from within, urging him to reach out to the seals to let it feed on their life energy and use it to create something to drive them away. It's them or you, it whispered, as he backed up against the little hut and pulled at the door with Amy. The wild, musky smell of the seals was all around them now. The roar of the wind and waves and the bang of the seals rang through his ears, competing with the whispering in his head and the ravenous hunger of the magic inside him. It was all too much for Alfie. Stop! He screamed into the wind as he whirled around, clutching his head. Just stop! He fell back against the door and sank to the ground. The seals were suddenly silent. What did you do? Asked Amy, crouching down beside him. Nothing, said Alfie, looking up. At least, I don't think I did. A bolt of lightning lit up the whole sky, and Alfie's breath caught in his throat. A woman was standing among the seals, and they all turned to gaze up at her. Did you see that? He whispered to Amy as the light flickered away, followed by a low rumble. Where did she come from? Amy didn't answer. But by the way she pressed herself back against the door, he knew she had seen her too. A hoarse voice chanted something, and a remarkable change came over the island. Every tiny rock pool, each piece of seawood, seaweed, and scrap of moss began to glow in greens, blues, and purples. It was as though the whole island had become some amazing deep-sea creature. Lit by the gentle glow of the island itself, the woman walked towards them, her pale, wet skin reflecting the colors of the mysterious lights. Her long hair hung down before her, wet and straggly, like seaweed. Alfie couldn't even guess at her age. She looked neither old nor young, 
He knew this had to be the person they had traveled so far to find, the witch of Demon Rock. Why did you come here? She rasped slowly, as though trying to remember how to talk. Alfie sensed thousands of eyes on them as every bird and seal on the island watched the exchange. What do you want? She demanded, stopping before them. Help, Alfie muttered to sputter. We need your help. Help, she spat, eyes flashing with anger. Of course you need help. On land, they all hate or fear me. Yet, when things turn bad, they all want my help. I came here to be alone, and yet you follow me. No! You will leave my island. You people must learn to help yourselves. It's not for us, said Alfie, scrambling out of the way as the witch strode towards her cottage and traced a symbol at the door with her finger. It sprang open, and she went inside. It's for a friend. I think you know him, too, Orrin Hopcroft. The witch froze. Halfway through closing the door. You know the great druid? She asked, eyes narrowed. You are friends of his? Yes, said Alfie. Something bad has happened to him. The last thing he he wrote was this message. He pulled Orne's crumpled note from his tunic and handed it to her. He wanted us to come and find you. I think only you can help him. She was silent for a moment, then nodded and opened the door to them. Alfie paused for a moment, then followed her inside.